Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I'm so excited because I have the amazing Angela Fazio, 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 however you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Angela Fazio. Fazio. Um, And she is like a boss babe in real estate. And I know you got started a long time ago. And so I will kind of let you tell us, how did you get into real estate back in early 2000s? Yeah, I got into I actually got into the business in 2001. I was a school teacher before that. And um, first day in real estate, I met my husband. It was not love at first sight at all. Fun story. But we ended up, we obviously ended up partnering up. And our first year in real estate, we were complete failures, almost ready to move in with his parents. And I was almost 30. So it was like, I don't know if we can say shit show on your show. But it was. Okay. So I said it anyway. So we, we had, we almost failed out of the business, but thank Jesus, the next year things came around and we ended up being one of the top agents in the company. We used to sell over 300 homes a year and we uh, ran a very successful real estate team. And then we opened up a brokerage and we ran that for 15 years. We were the largest single office independent brokerage in the world. We had 906 agents out of one location and we were selling like 6,000 ish homes a year and uh, what a blessing. So this, this whole topic of money and career and success and business um, thrills me. It's real estate has changed my life. You know, now what, what my husband and I get to do, because we shut our brokerage down in 2020, people thought we were crazy. Mm-hmm. because we were so successful. And now I get to help real estate agents all over the United States. And what how, how God has wired me is I have a passion for finding agents, figuring out their goals and helping them to achieve it. And it's really successful. And my favorite little saying about money is I have been happy and broke and happy with money and I prefer happy with money. <laughs> That's what I prefer. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> okay. So sure. how did you go from like almost moving in with the in-laws to successful the next year? What change was that? Um, there are, there are a couple of factors. You know, I found Jesus during that time. I cannot deny the grace of God. Um, that's for sure. First and foremost. And the, that my industry is interesting because most companies do not give a blueprint to success. They're like, take a couple classes. Here's a contract, kick you out the door and say, make it happen. And that's not the way to approach a business. There's a way to approach business that is, it can be unique to you and it can, and it can um, not be inauthentic, but there's a blueprint. There's a way to be successful. There's a pathway to success. And unfortunately, in my industry, most of the companies out there do not plainly lay that down before before agents. And that's what was my that was my first experience. Now that 
I understand that there is definitely a path to success. It's much easier to bring people along and help them to avoid some of the obstacles. We have an incredible, shocking, awful statistic in our industry. 90% of new agents fail within the first two years, 90%. And so, I mean, red flags, I mean, there's some problems here. Um, So, yeah. So we, what happened was, is the shift is things started to fall into place. We understood the path to success and the path to money in real estate. Once the light bulb went on about which activities in real estate lead to money, then we were willing to do the work. We both love and are passionate about work. So uh, as, as soon as that started to click, everything else kind of fell into place. So what are those paths to making money? In real well, in real estate, here's here's real. There's lots of ways to make money in real estate, but sure. the path to success for a traditional real estate agent is you've got to have conversations. We call it prospecting. You have to put process and procedure around your pursuit of meeting new people and finding out if they're buyers or sellers and if they'll work with you. That's called prospecting. Mm-hmm. So there's conversations that have to be had so that you make appointments, and those appointments turn into contracts, and contracts turn into closings. It seems quite simple, but if, if the majority of your act activities are not pushing you onto that sales path, you're not going to make money. And that simple truth and application every day is what changed things. I love that. And Kristen does that so well, who I know used to work. Kristen oh, yeah. is one of my best friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, she's great. Okay, so you guys built your business and then 05, you opened a brokerage. And then how was life during 2008? That's interesting. I actually got to answer this question uh, from a a new agent perspective today. They're like, are you afraid of this market? And I said, hey, you know what? Markets go up and they go down. They change and they shift. And during that time, of course, it was difficult. But we there was not one year that we didn't grow. Our brokerage grew every single year because what happens in any shift, whether it's good, bad, I don't even care what it is. There are those who stick their head in the sand or stick to their old ways. And there are those who double down or pivot or, you know, level up, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I have never been in a market where there weren't people all around me making a lot of money, you know? So I'm always on the upside of everything. And I'm not an eternal optimist. I'm a realist, but it doesn't matter what the market is. Real estate is and business in general is fantastic. There's always opportunity. Always. It's just how are you going to find it and what will you do to get it? Right? Mm-hmm. How will you change yourself to get it? Yeah. So I that's what that. we did. Yeah. Okay. So let's take it back a little bit. So growing up, what kind of like money mindset things did you hear around relatives or family? Okay. So I grew up relatively poor, not destitute poor, but no room for extra, always penny pinching. I didn't even know that until I got a little bit older and understood why not everyone around me was excited to go to the the store and pick out a new patch for the hole in our jeans. Honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. I didn't even realize it until mm-hmm. I got old enough to recognize it. And then my mom was an amazing sing- single mom. It was me and my sister. And I'm a high D on the disc. 
So, and I, I recognize what I did when I was younger. I, I worked very early. And in fact, my mom helped me forge my birth certificate when I was 14 to say that I was 15 so that I could start working legitimately. And before that, I was babysitting and I was, you know, washing dishes at a restaurant for cash. And I always understood that, that if you work for something, then you have more freedom in some way. It was baby, baby little things, but I used to slip money in my mom's purse because I was like the mom, mother hen of the household. And so I didn't think, I never think that my mom is amazing. She is an amazing budgeter. She, I don't know how she raised us on no money. So she's an amazing budgeter. She's an amazing a worker. And so I had those excellent examples of work right in front of me and I'm wired to work. I think God wires everyone to work, but, but I didn't, I never had like a skewed, um, like a warped appreciation for money or anything like that. But what I did have is a little bit of a scarcity mentality, mm-hmm. little bit because we didn't always have food in our cupboards. And we didn't always have, you know, uh, jeans that were long enough for my lanky legs, you know, there. So I had a little bit of a scarcity mentality. Like I, like I, I, where's the backup? I see that there's a, a, a thing of pasta. Where's the backup pasta when this one, um, you know, goes away. So that, that was a little bit of a thing for me growing up, but generally speaking, I was always good with my money. I wasn't a huge spender. Um, I, I valued that it mattered to have money in the bank because you don't know necessarily where the next dollar is coming from. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of, it wasn't a bad mentality. I knew debt was bad and that could hurt you. Um, but that's really all I had. And then you mentioned you were a teacher before, so you had that like stable W2 job and did you just like cut it off one day or you slowly got into real estate? How was that transition? So that that's interesting. I was uh, married before. And even when I was a school teacher, there was times when I was the breadwinner of the company and I was making my starting salary as a teacher was $21,000 a year. And even after I had a double master's, it was 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was 30. And so I found myself divorcing. Um, I was like 28 or 29. And I was like, I do not want to be a broke single mother. I don't, I don't want to, cause I had a little baby, like one years yeah. old. And, and so I, I don't really know. I have to, I have to blame God again for him pushing me in the right direction, you know? Um, and, but I just got into real estate because the real estate agents that had sold us our house were like, Hey, you'd make a great real estate agent. And I was like, Oh, maybe I would. That's literally as complicated as it got. Wow. That's so cool. One little like bird in your ear. Uh (laughs) And then you mentioned getting rid of like the number one brokerage in the world and starting all over. So how did you decide to do that? Well, let me back up for one thing, because here's something interesting about about mentality. And when you, when you sometimes have to recognize where you're weak in your mentality and you have to change something. So when I met my husband, there's all kinds of things that I needed to change my mind about. But one of the things is, is I am passionate about marriage. I had a terrible first marriage. I have the most amazing marriage now. And money could have torn us apart because we both went into the relationship broke. And we both went, one of us went into the relationship with a 
saver mentality. One was a, I don't care, a spender mentality and a rob Peter to pay Paul mentality. And that in and of itself is all worked itself out. But money can tear relationships apart if you don't begin to have a healthy understanding and a healthy approach in conversations around money. Mm-hmm. So during the time where the proving ground before we had any money, before we actually had any money, there was this proving ground. How do you talk about money? How do you think about money? You know, uh, what are your goals with money? What are the things that you like to do? So for example, I like to keep track of the money. I want to know where the money goes, right? For the Mm -hmm. most part, my husband could care less. So we were able to come to a happy medium where he has an account where he just can spend what he wants from that. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to keep track of it. So there's all kinds of things that happened before the, the huge decision because our brokerage in 2010, and this is totally tied in, we were making a lot of money and our company, people had offered to buy us for millions of dollars. And we, we didn't want to do that for various reasons. So when it came to the decision, the huge decision to say, are we willing to shut this income stream down in hopes that we can go do this other thing. Part of the conversation was not a fight about money because we had for years um, come to an understanding and a healthy discussion and thought process about money. Mm -hmm. And we also had done some prudent things that allowed us to make that huge risk decision so that we gave ourselves the best chance possible to do so. I mean, it turned out great, but it could have, we literally had this conversation one day. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. If this completely fails and we go bankrupt, are we going to be okay? And we, this is a very shortened version of the conversation. Sure. And we we're both came to the same conclusion. Yes. Cause we can do it again in another way. We can do it again in another way and it's not going to break us. So that if we hadn't had that healthy, like really healthy money, conversation and, and mentality and, and agreement, that would have been a, a much, might, might've been a risk that we never would have taken. Yeah. Right. So there's so, some mental preparedness there. And so what did your money conversations look like? Is it like you have to set a time on a calendar and okay, now we're going to talk about money or was it just no. like kind of a fluid thing? And it's a fluid conversation, right? Um, uh, some and I'm gonna, I'm not going to criticize families who put aside time to have a, a uh, an intentional conversation about budget and money. I'm I'm never going to criticize somebody if that's what you need to do for you and your family. Schedule a time and sit down and do it. Then great. Just that that's not our personalities. Yeah, uh, we talk about things intertwined all the time, fluidly. That's just our personality. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you build? The new, is it a brokerage? What do you call it now? So we, we work for eXp Realty. That's another thing. We had to let go of our pride and ego of having our own, you know, real estate company that we're the owners. And we, you know, so we shut down our brokerage. We joined eXp Realty so that we can build internationally. So instead of just helping people here in Chandler, Arizona, we could help people all over the world. I have, I have agents in every state. And so we are actually just agents. I'm a broker agent, whatever, who cares? We're just agents at somebody else's company, but the model allows us to build the same with the same desires and the same drive that we built our brokerage. We can do it at a much larger scale and bless more people Mm -hmm. and the rewards, the potential rewards are much greater. And they are. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like attracting other agents um, to your team 
is similar to like attracting clients to a regular business, right? So of course. how yes. how do you attract so many clients, agents? What's your secret? That's a great question. Um, when you have passion for something and you also have tangible value and you also have the desire to reach out and find people and, and uh, uh, communicate those things to them. It's a great combination. So I understand how to help any agent with their production. I understand how to help agents build a team, build a business, you know, partner, pretty much everything in the real, uh, the residential real estate realm of things. I can, I, and I know how to help people achieve their goals. And I have tangible things to put behind that to allow them to do that, whether it be training, coaching, masterminds, leadership groups, um, leads, whatever that is, we've packaged that up very intentionally to deliver a product that's backed with passion that works. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really good combination of stuff. So when I get in front of people, not everybody says, yeah, I want to work with you guys. That's okay. But a lot of them, it, it resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And, and then they, they, if they're successful, you win, right? So it's value proposition. It's the communication of that value proposition. And it's obviously following up with authentic value. Yeah. great. It's like what you do. You change people's (laughs) lives, right? (laughs) Tax planning and tax uh, strategy changes people's lives. I went Mm -hmm. from having an accountant to having tax strategy and it completely changes your life. You do the the same thing that I do, but you do it in your realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so as you're building, obviously no longer teacher salary and you're building (laughs) and building and building your wealth, what did you guys invest in and how did you then kind of turn your mindset to like an investor mindset? Because I feel like it's much different. Yeah, good question. So we started with thinking like building businesses and, and, you know, owning a business was it. Yes. If you have, you're on the right platform, Um, but not always. We invest in real estate. That's what we know. So we are lopsided in that I own 15 houses and we rent them out and, or properties of some sort. Um, That's been a good investment for us. This much stock, right? A little bit, but you know, the kinds of things that have, um, Strategy has actually worked out for us the best. So for example, with our company, we were able to create a 401k connected to a defined benefit plan. Mm-hmm. And the defined benefit plan buys all the, is a real estate holding company and buys all of these properties. And oh my gosh, what, what an incredible difference it makes in your life when you put some investing and strategy and you marry them. Yeah. I mean, so that's really, we're not that diverse, right? We're pretty much, and we're probably what people say you should diversify a little more, but it's worked for us, for us that we know it, we're experts in it and it's worked for us. And then chat a little more about the moms in real estate. Yes. And how, how your amazing events have come about. Um, I, I love working with women in business. I absolutely love it. Um, I think that I, you know, I'm certainly not a feminist, nothing like that, but encouraging and empowering and educating women and, and letting them enter into a community of success is so important to me. So Kristen and I started Moms in Real Estate probably 
six years ago, maybe a little over six years ago. And it started out as a little idea and the podcast kind of took off. And, and so we've been doing moms in real estate podcasts where we just talk to moms in real estate. It's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. And we just have a conversation about life and about struggles and about victories, just really authentic conversations, which twisted into girl, educate yourself. And Girl Educate Yourself is a subsidiary of Moms in Real Estate where we have little teeny pointed, like very, not just a conversation, it's conversation still, but a topic, like give me five tax tips that will change your life or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, a couple of years ago, women were saying, how can we get together? How can we meet the speakers? How can we meet the, you know, whatever? So Flourish is a women's event I do twice a year. It's literally my favorite event to do every semi, semi-annually. And we have women fly in all over and we just get together for a couple of days and we have great speakers and we do social things together and we network and collaborate. And so the, the next one's coming up soon. I'm, I love that event. I think everyone kind of leaves a little changed mm-hmm. and a little more encouraged and with a new network forming. So that's what we do. It's fantastic. I'm always looking for moms and real estate guests. I'm always looking for um, people who want to get involved in our community so that we can come alongside you. Yes, I love that. Okay, so I have some rapid fire questions for you. I'm ready. <laughs> I think. What, what's your next big, hairy, audacious goal? Uh, so, I'm in a building right now that used to be our real estate office. And as you can imagine, once we, we shut down our brokerage one week before COVID hit. So we shut down our brokerage, (laughs) then COVID hit. And now I have this 21,000 square foot building with an 8,000 square foot patio. And for a couple of years, it's kind of been like hard, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so, uh, so we've decided to reimagine this building and call it district 2301, which will be fully revealed in January. And inside of it are four concepts, a nightclub, um, a lounge, a venue for events, private and, and public and a patio, a 8,000 square foot patio. And so that's our, our, my big goal right now is to become the East Valley's place for adult entertainment and not the mat, not the naughty kind, <laughs> right? <laughs> not the naughty kind where we, there's a place to go in the East Valley that no matter what your tastes are, there's like fun for couples and people here in the East Valley in lots of ways with comedy shows or nightclub or lounge or hookah or cigars or whatever cool. it is that you just find entertainment in, we want to be the Mecca for that in the East Valley. That is a very big goal. I love it. So if you won the lottery today, would you take the lump sum or payments over 20 years? Probably payments over 20 years. And I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to amend that. It really depends. If I had some really clear ways that I could invest that money now, even though they're going to take half of it, I'd probably take the lump sum. It depends on where I was at and the opportunities that were in front of me. Syndications, real estate syndications, and then you get the depreciation, acceleration. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what, if I win the lottery, then you and I will have a meeting. (laughs) 
and you can tell me. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flying. Oh, okay. So this might answer this question then. If someone were to give you a free private jet or a free five-star hotel stays for life, which would you pick? Private jet. 100%. No doubt. Yeah. Never changed my mind on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's something in your house that is like super old, you need to replace it, but you just haven't done it yet? Okay, great question. We moved into our house and we remodeled it. This is over two years ago. And I still have temporary window coverings on my mas- in my master bedroom. <laughs> yes, you got to get this. <laughs> Not a lie. <laughs> love it. Actually, it took almost two years to get ours in. Got to love COVID. Oh, well, what did like you order? Custom length, you know, I don't know. It just took forever. COVID. Everyone's excuse was COVID. So I'll order from your guys so that I can have my temporaries for another two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where do you want our listeners to find you? Um, we're pretty easy to find even Google, but I would love for people. I'm not great at social media, but we are um, iconic power couple on Instagram and Facebook. My husband does the Facebook and I do Instagram and his following is way greater because he's <laughs> that hot. He's just hot. <laughs> and then, um, let's see. The iconic power is a little bit of a business page about us. And you, anybody who wants to be involved in what we're doing, um, it's very easy to get in contact with us. We're super approachable. Yes, they are. I can attest to that. So I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing in the real estate space and for women in business, because it's amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate you as well. And your pretty face. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe. And I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time.